book of Proverbs, book of Proverbs, Proverbs 28, Proverbs 28, obviously any preacher loves to preach, and uh, preach at the drop of the hat, would drop his own hat to get a chance to preach, and so uh, I, I obviously relish the chance when Pastor uh, sent the the uh, text, I, I think I finally got it yesterday, what was it, about 3 o'clock yesterday afternoon? Uh, the text said, Brother Fox, Sunday school, uh, past, uh, Brother Stanley, Sunday morning and Sunday night. I won't surprise, I'll let you be surprised tonight. But uh, uh, So that, that's what the text said. But then the text below that, sorry for the late notice, I forgot to hit send. Uh, so I'm not sure when he t- texted that text, whether it was you know, what, you know someday last week or what. But we finally got it yesterday afternoon about three o'clock <laughs> with a little uh, pastor does emojis. I can't do it, but anyway, he he had the uh, I guess that was that was the that emoji. Uh, I just can't bring myself to do them. Uh, it's like drinking a Starbucks coffee. It just makes me feel sissified if I use emoji. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. I have I have drank a, a cup of coffee from there, but it was black black coffee because I I can't I can't do the ordering there. It just oh makes me feel like I need to put a skirt on or something. But I <clears throat> yeah. Anyway, stirring up some controversy out here. So that <laughs> but anyway, but 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 Proverbs twenty eight twenty four. We we did have a great time. We we had I guess. Uh, I guess we had half of the, uh, what do y'all call yourself, the mediocres? We had half of the mediocres there at the uh, campfire. We didn't sing Kumbaya or anything, but we sang uh, I'll Fly Away and Power in the Blood and all that kind of stuff. So that was a blessing to sing around the fire and, uh, uh, and so forth. Uh, and so we had a good time. That. Thank, you, thank them for coming and playing for us. That was a, that was a newbie for us. But anyway, today we're going to preach. If you're titling it upstairs, uh, we're... Uh, preaching on God hates robbery. Uh, God hates robbery. And that's what uh, Brother Fox was mentioning in his Sunday school uh, about uh, what I gave as a devotion. And the title of my devotion was at the uh, father-son camp camp trip was How to Raise a Crook. Uh, And obviously I was being facetious uh, because you don't don't have to teach them to do that. They can do it. Uh, I remember my first five-finger discount. I don't know if you remember your first five-finger discount, but I remember my first five-finger discount. Uh, it was some type of bilo or Piggly Wiggly or some, some, something like that. And uh, I took me a piece of bubble gum because I used to have, you know, those boxes right there for the taking. Uh, the little, I think it was yellow and blue and red, little twisty tie bubble gum. And, I mean, it was right there. And nobody was looking. And uh, I just grabbed that piece of bubble gum, popped it in my mouth. Probably even threw the piece of paper on the floor, uh, but I don't know. But anyway, I'm sitting there in the back seat of the car, and my mom's like, where'd you get that gum? Uh, I had it. <laughs> For how long have you had it? <laughs> and so, of course, right there in the uh, parking lot, uh, she spanked me right there in the parking lot, and she was probably getting cheered back then, you know. Get him! Tear him up! You know, today, boy, they'll, they'll, you know, they'll video you. I'm turning you in, all that kind of garbage. But uh, I mean, she was getting cheered. Tear him up, and so I had to, I had to go back in and you know give the three cents, five cents, whatever it cost. You know. 
and, and, and uh, pay for my stolen gum. But uh, so praise the Lord for a mom that tore me up right there in the parking lot. Because it could have got a lot worse. I mean, piece of bubble gum is pretty bad at still stealing, right? And I think the Bible says thou shalt not steal somewhere in there. But uh, God hates it. He hates robbery. And Isaiah 61, I'll read it for you. And it says in, in uh, the first part of verse 8, it says, For I, the Lord, love judgment. I hate robbery. So God hates it. Uh, he hates robbery. Now we're in Proverbs 28, 24. And it says, Whosoever robbeth his father or his mother, and saith, It is no transgression, the same as a companion of destroyer. So again, if you steal a piece of bubble gum and you don't get tore up for it and you don't get made to go pay for it and taught that it's not right to steal, this is what happens. Because it gets worse. It doesn't stop with bubble gum. It keeps going and it keeps going. And we see here, that's why it's important uh, uh, that, you know, when your grandson falls backwards off the porch that he gets a spanking. Now, I think he should have got a little harder one. <laughs> but, you know, you know. But anyway, <laughs> I told you, son, not to fall. But anyway, uh, you know, when they, they need to get taught to listen to parents. Uh, you know, again, when, these, when Brian and Jason were growing up, uh, you know, I had some rules. They didn't, they didn't question them. They didn't break them or they were going to get in serious trouble. And uh, one of them was you don't go across the road to get the ball. Uh, you know, if you're hitting it every time you're like you're supposed to, instead, instead of shooting those bricks, it'll just come right back to you. But anyway, but if the ball goes across the road, you do not go. This when they were little. Uh, you come get dad, we'll go across the road to get it together. Now, I had a, a, a brother that was killed in our driveway, ran over. And so I may have been a little bit more sensitive to that. I didn't want them to get hurt. So I was like, you better listen to me. And you better not go across that street. Now, as they got older and they could do left and right and, you know, look both ways, all that kind of stuff, I was like, all right, I think you're mature enough to go get it. But you have to teach them. And if you don't teach them, we see here that a son will rob his father or uh, his mother or anybody will rob his father and mother, and then they, they think it's no transgression, no big deal. What's the, what's the big deal? Uh, but it says here, if, if that's their opinion, and... Uh, uh, they're a companion of story. So in this verse, as far as introduction, we see here, first of all, uh, if you steal from your father and mother, uh, in Brother Stanley terminology, you're a stinking thief. Uh, I didn't find that in the verse, but I'll just go ahead and tell you that. You're, you're a stinking thief. Uh, and again, I remember doing that. When something was going on at school, going in, I knew where my dad's wallet was on the bedside table. Uh, and, you know, I'd go get some uh, and, and do what I wanted to do at school. And obviously got tore up for that too. But uh, then we see here that, that the person, and they say, not, you know, they think stealing's not that bad, but then they say, it says here, they say there's no transgression. No big deal. They might say, you know, what's mine is theirs and what's theirs is mine. You know, I don't know if you've ever used that before. What's yours is mine and what's mine is mine. You probably use that one. But, uh, you know, we, we justify it in our mind. It's It's okay. Uh, and we might even say this, you know, you know, one day it's all going to be mine anyway, so I might as well go ahead and take some of it now. You know, you know when you, your kids start asking you, Dad, you know, what are you going to do with that truck when you don't need it? What do you mean when I don't need it? <laughs> well, you know. No, I don't know. <laughs> well, you, you know, you've got a lot of birthdays, you know. You know, think, you know, what you go, you know 
That's what I'm saying. They start asking. They start, you see the wheels turning. They think, well, this is going to be mine anyway. Uh, and, and so forth, that kind of stuff. So they, you know, it's no transgression. I stole from my father. I stole from my mother. It's, you know, it's mine anyway one day, right? And we got a couple examples of this in the Bible. Uh, the prodigal son, he went to his dad and demanded that he wanted his right now. Uh, hey, dad, give me my, my portion right now. You know, because they're having a party down the road. You know, there's, you know, some grass is greener, all that kind of stuff. And we know how that turned out, right? Because he demanded it. He justified it in his mind. We have a couple other examples. Uh, Jacob and his mother tricked their dad into giving uh, Jacob Esau's birthright. Now, I know they, the pottage and all that stuff, that, you know. But anyway, the mom helped trick. And so us parents, we got to be on the same page. Uh, or we might have kids robbing us and saying it's no transgression. Uh, Joseph's dad showed favoritism, the coat of many colors. We all heard that one, right? And that turned out real good for him, too. Uh, so we have to be just in how we raise our kids. Because uh, some of them might rob us of other things. And he, uh, you know, Joseph's dad got robbed of seeing him grow up. Uh, he thought he was gone. And so the truth of the matter is that, that, that we should be more concerned uh, with leaving our children a godly heritage than a financial heritage. Uh, I mean, if, if, you're, if you're able to leave them, the Bible talks about it, uh, leaving your ch child a heritage as far as finances, maybe as far as lands and houses, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but you ought to be more important in leaving him salvation than you are a house or some property or some cash. Uh, and so... As a person in the ministry, I'm probably not going to have a lot of financial stuff, and that truck will probably be wore out by the time either one of them get it, all right? Uh, but I have left them salvation. I kept them under the gospel their whole life, and they got that. And then they got the scripture. I left them that. I told them this, this is a King James Bible. Won't you ever let anybody tell you any different? This is God's word. And... Uh, and so you, you, you leave them that. And then you, you, you show them how to serve God. Uh, that's a heritage. Uh, they know how to be willing. That's what I've loved about this church for the years and years as I've been here. When preacher got up here or even now pastor gets up, we need three or four people to do this. It's woof. And some of you get left out because uh, you didn't get your hand up fast enough. A lot of servants. And you, you teach a kid that. You serve God and you'll be blessed for it. Uh, you'll get way more out of serving God than you will any house or any piece of property or any, any, any amount of money that I can leave you. If you'll serve God with your life, God will take care of all that other stuff. You won't be begging bread. So you leave them service. Uh, here's a good one you need to leave them. Leave them to be separated, separated from the world. The Bible says love not the world, neither the things in the world. Uh, they got lots of correction over that. You don't listen to that kind of music. You don't watch that kind of shows. Uh, you don't talk like that. You don't go to those places. Uh, that heritage was left to them. And I don't know that they've ever robbed me of any money or even any joy. Uh, here's another one. Uh, teach them, leave this heritage for them, to stand and never change. Uh, I said that Wednesday night about Brother Montgomery getting to preach at the alma mater or the church of his alma mater. Uh, and I, I would never be able to do that uh, because my alma mater has changed. And that church is more of a, you know, a, a nightclub than it is a church now. Uh, and so as far as their music and their standards and their uh, you know, services that they have. So you, you teach them to stand and never change and, and give them the heritage of soul winning. 
Give them the heritage of soul winning. So we see here, number one, uh, according to this verse, if you steal from your mom and dad, you're a stinking thief. Number two, uh, there is no justifying it. And number three, uh, you're just a companion of a destroyer. And so I wouldn't give you a dime for somebody to rob from his, from his parents. Uh, I said this to the little guys, and I, and I couldn't see them because I had a, a headlamp on, and it was shining down at my Bible. And so there was this big light right here. So I'm, I'm preaching at them at the, at the campfire the other night. But I told their, the, the little guys uh, you know, to listen to their dads and to appreciate their dads. Uh, and you know, a lot of times a, a boy, I think it's good for a, a father to go outside and throw a ball with his son. Uh, that, that helps. Uh, if you want to call it bonding, that's fine. If you want to just call it his ability, he ought to be able to throw a ball if he's a dude, right? Uh, and, and so, and I think it's good for moms to, you know, and even a dad, maybe if I never had a girl, but, you know, have a tea party with your daughter. Uh, I'm glad that I didn't ever have to, to learn how to do hair. Uh, some of you dudes can do a, a mean uh, French braid or whatever. <laughs> you know, I, I never got to do that and, and things like that. But you ought to spend time with your kids. Uh, and I told the kids, I was like, but you ought to appreciate your parents, though. You know, if, if they can't, it might be because they're just dead tired working. So you could have a roof and some clothes and some food. Uh, you ought to appreciate that, too. Uh, and don't rob them. Uh, but anyway, I wouldn't give you a dime for a, a person that robs from their parents. And, uh, and it says here, some may uh, say that robbing from their parents uh, other than just money. And 3 John 1, 4 says this, I have no greater joy than to know that my children walk in truth. So there's some kids, maybe even or some young people, maybe even in our church, that you've never robbed uh, your parents of any money, but you maybe have robbed them from some joy. And it says right there, I have no greater joy than to know that my children walk in truth. And so when you get a FaceTime call from them, or you get a phone call from them, or you see their picture hanging on the wall, and your thought comes to that child, there's nothing but joy going on in here, that's awesome. But some of you, you may have robbed your parents from that. They see the picture hanging on the wall and the tear comes to their eye because maybe you've been in jail. Or maybe you're not doing what you're supposed to do. Uh, live in how you're supposed to live. And you've robbed them of that joy. Wouldn't give you a dime for that type of person either. Not only you might be robbing them of joy, you might be robbing them of honor. Exodus 20 verse 12 says, Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy, day, that, that, that thy days may be long. I mean, there's, there's some verses in the Bible that tell you if you dishonor your parents, life may be shortened. Deuteronomy 5.16, honor thy father and mother, that thy days may be prolonged, that it may, be, that it may go well with thee. Last one, Matthew 15.4, honor thy father and mother. Uh, he that curses his father or his mother, let him die the death. So we see here, not only we, we might could rob money from our parents, we can definitely rob joy from them. We can rob honor from them. And we see here that, uh, you know, I've seen parents robbed of money. Uh, again, I won't go into great detail, but I've seen, you know, in your own house, have to, get a, have to get a safe and put your checkbook and your credit cards in the safe. Have to get a gun safe so your kid don't steal your guns and go pawn them for drug money. Have to put locks on your own shed that's in your backyard so your kid don't steal your chainsaws and, and, and generators to go pawn them for drug money. I've seen that. You're a companion of a destroyer. And don't do that to your parents. Don't rob them of money. Don't rob them of joy. And don't rob them of honor. Now, obviously, that was my introduction. 
so we, we said earlier, I wouldn't give you a dime for somebody that robs their parents. But here's the message, and we'll have a word of prayer, and we'll start. But I wouldn't give you a penny to those that rob our Heavenly Father. And we've all been guilty of it. The young people thought I might have been preaching at them this morning when I was talking about you better honor your parents. You better bring them joy. You better don't, don't steal their money. But the Bible says that this house can become a den of thieves. Everybody robbing because we can rob God. And God hates robbery. Let's have a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you for this day. And I just ask you to be with me now, Lord. Help me to convey the message that you, you laid on my heart. Because, Lord, I don't want to rob you of anything that you deserve. And I hope everybody in the sound of my voice doesn't want to rob you of anything you deserve. Lord, I just ask you to speak to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Uh, I usually like to be funny and uh, to just preach away, but this is what God told me to preach. Let's go to Malachi 3. Malachi 3. God hates robbery, so you've got to use this verse because this is where most of your minds went if you've been in the church any length of time. Malachi 3, verses 8 and 9. Malachi 3, right before Matthew, Malachi 3, verses 8 and 9, it says here, Will a man rob God? Yes, he will. I've seen a lot of them do it. It says here, Yet ye have robbed me, but ye say, Wherein have I robbed thee? Kind of like that verse. Well, it's no transgression. It's going to be mine anyway. Uh, any, anybody that sins a lot, they got those justifiers that just come right to their mind. Uh, ah, no big deal. God's not really, he didn't really mean that verse, right? Uh, it says right here, well, we, where, where we robbed you? It says here, in tithes and offerings, you, and you cursed, you're going to be cursed with the curse. You have robbed me this whole nation, even this whole nation. So we see here, first of all, how can we rob God? We can rob God uh, in, of his finances, of his finances. And it says right there, you've robbed me in, in tithes and offerings. And if you've been in church any length of time, I won't go into detail because I got, got six of these, six or seven of these, so we got to go quick. So, uh, obviously, we can rob God of his finances. 10% of your income is supposed to be to God. And tax season, oh, yeah, by the way, I got my money uh, from the fellow that does my taxes. I got it right here, so see me. Uh, but anyway, um, uh, so uh, we, we have our t income tax. You look at that, and we get our giving record. And if you can do math, you ought to be able to figure out 10%. And what's so great about this church, again, those hands go up, uh, pastor says, often, above average. Because uh, there's lots of people in here that give way more than 10%. They give those offerings. Why? Because they've seen God in turn bless them for it. Uh, and and, and they, they don't want to rob God of his finances. Uh, Haggai 1.6 says this, How have I, I'm sorry, ye have sown much and bring in little. This is giving you an example. If you've robbed God in tithes and offerings, you may have sown much, but you bring in little, uh, and you have not enough. It says here, you drink, and you're not filled with drink. You're clothed, but there's none the warm. Uh, and he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put in a bag with holes. Uh, so we see here, this is kind of like having holes in your pocket. You bring it in, you bring it in, you bring it in, your car breaks down, your refrigerator goes out, you have to go to the doctor. I mean, just we could go on and go on and on and on with that list. Uh, I, can't, I bring less in than going out. Uh, and it doesn't balance out like that. Why? Uh, if you've robbed God of his finances, that's where you're going to be. You're going to have a bag of money with holes in it. Here's another one, Luke 6, 38. Give, and it shall be given unto you. 
Uh, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, uh, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet with all, you shall be measured you again. And so again, you give them with a loving heart, God's going to give it right back to you. Uh, it says here, pressed down, shaken together. So we see here the two extremes. It's up to you. If you're going to be robbing God of finances, uh, you're either going to, be, you're going to be running over or you're going to be running out. It's up to you. Uh, principle right here in the Bible showed you two verses. You give God, don't rob God of his finances. He'll give to you, shaking together, pressed down, running over. And, and I feel guilty sometimes. <laughs> I just write that tie check, never think about it. God loves a cheerful giver. Uh, I give those offerings. Pastor says we're going to build this. Uh, I'm going give, to give to all those things. And then God just, just gives me stuff. I'm like, God, I don't deserve this. Uh, why? Because you don't rob. So you can rob God of his finances. Number two, not only can you rob God of his finances, you can rob God of his fellowship. Uh, we won't take time to go to these verses. I'll just read them to you. But you can rob God of his fellowship. The Bible says that's why he created you and I, so he could have fellowship. But if we don't give him fellowship, are we robbing him of that fellowship? Yes, we are. Genesis 3.8 says this, and they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord amongst the trees in the garden. So, of course, God had been coming day after day since he created Adam and Eve. Why? For that fellowship in the cool of the day. Uh, he liked to come and talk to them. And so, of course, we know Satan came and, and got them to sin and eat of the, the forbidden fruit. And so then their eyes were open, and they realized they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together, and they went and hid. And so God showed up for his time of fellowship, and they, they went and hid. And he's like, Adam, where you at? Well, we were over here because we, we were naked, and we didn't want you to see us. How would you know that? God knows. He's just letting you give me enough rope to hang yourself. Well, and then he, well, that woman thou gave us me. I've tried that several times. All right. It, it, it doesn't work. It's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. And so we see here that they were robbing God of his fellowship. I hope you don't rob God of his fellowship. He loves it. That's why he created you. He didn't create you to make a lot of money. He didn't create you to be all smart. Uh, he didn't create you to be the next superstar athlete. Uh, he created you to have fellowship with you. And when you don't do these two things here, you're robbing God of, of fellowship. Matthew 6, 6. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut the door, pray to the Father, which is in secret. And the Father which seeth in secret shall reward you openly. Kind of, we see the pattern here. If we give God finances, he's just going to dump a bunch of them on us. And if we give God fellowship, in secret, he's going to reward us openly. There's a pattern. That's why the devil tries so hard to keep you from doing these things. He's going to try to keep it. It's my money. I earned it. I'm not giving God any of that. I need that. The devil's got you. You're not going to get that pushed down, shaking together, and running over. Uh, you got, you're too busy to pray. You've got, go, you got to get things done. And God's just waiting. Adam, where are you? Joshua 1.8. This is how we talk to God. It's prayer, obviously. This is how God talks to us. Acts, uh, Joshua 1, 8. The book of the, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. 
that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. And thou shalt make full, uh, I'm sorry, make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt find good success. So uh, we might be, it's, you know, just like giving God finances. We're either going to be running over or we're going to be running out. If we have fellowship with God, we're either going to be in his presence or from his presence. Number three, we're moving right along. Not only can we rob God of finances and fellowship, we can rob God of his friendship. We can rob, rob God of his friendship. Uh, James 2.23 says this, And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him uh, for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. So again, uh, the more you fellowship with God, you become friends, right? Uh, we have some acquaintances here that we say, hey, brother. We can't remember their name, so praise the Lord for that, hey, brother. Uh, hey, brother. Uh, we, we sit close to them. That's an acquaintance. We see them. But then we're like, hey, where were you born? Hey, where do you work? Or, hey, how old are you? Don't ask me that. But anyway, uh, we, 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 talk, we start talking to them. And then you keep talking to them for you know, 30, 40 years, and y'all are pretty good friends. Uh, so we see here, God, this is what God, we're robbing God of that close friendship. Uh, and we see here, Abraham was called the friend of God. Why? Because he had that close fellowship. James 4.4 4 says, Ye adulterers and adulterers, know ye... Not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God. Whosoever, therefore, is a friend of the world is an enemy of God. Again, just like Satan tries to tell you, keep your money. Satan tries to say, you don't have time for fellowship. He's going to try to keep you from becoming the friend of God. Why? Because he knows that greater love hath no man than a man lay down his life for his friend. We know Jesus laid his life down for us. So we might need to lay our dreams down or our life down for him and have that true friendship. It's up to you whether you're going to be pushed, uh, uh, running over or running out. It's up to you if you're going to be, uh, have that friendship with God. Uh, it says here, if you become friends with God, you're going to have to get away from the world. Number four, not only can we rob God of finances and fellowship and friendship. Here's another one. We can rob God of fellowship. We can rob God of fellowship. He wants us to follow his plan. Uh, again, that's what your boss wants you to do is follow the plan. Uh, and when your wife tells you to do that, make sure you follow it. Uh, so uh, he wants you to follow it. Uh, and God has a plan, of, uh, and he wants us to follow it. Genesis 127 says this, So God created man, uh, and it says, In his own image of God created he him male and female. And so public schools are trying to add to that these days, so... Might not need to put your kid in public school. Uh, but anyway, we see here, God created male and female. So God has the patent on humanity. Before the foundations of the world, the Bible says we were in his mind. And he created us. He, he's, he has the patent. And I've, I've heard of stories of this. A person patents something. They've invented it. Somebody comes and steals that patent and goes and, and makes millions of dollars. And they are, they're not the ones that, that created it. And they try to sue and they battle over this. So this is exactly what takes place in our life. God has the patent. He created us for a specific purpose. And maybe we've robbed him of that patent. And we're not following what he created us to do. Uh, Ephesians 1.4 says this. According as he has chosen us to him before the foundations of the world. That we should be holy and without blame before him in love. So not only does he have a patent on us, he has a plan for us. And we can rob him of that plan. 
Again, us as parents, our plan should not be for our son to, again, be the next Hank Aaron or Michael Jordan and uh, things like that. Nothing wrong with them enjoying sports. But, you know, dads sometimes push God out of the way and say, this is my plan for you. And, you know, you're going to be the next Tiger Woods or you're going to be the next. And they, they you know, don't do that. God has a plan for them. Uh, and so let them help them find God's plan. Ephesians 1, 9 says this, having made known unto us the mystery according or, uh, of his will, according to the good pleasure, he hath purposed in himself. So God's not going to play hide and go seek with his will. He'll show it to you. He'll, he'll make, it, make it known unto you. So having made known unto the mystery of his will. So we see not only did he have a patent for us, uh, he has a plan for us, and he also has a purpose for us. So it's up to you whether you're going to fulfill his will or fulfill your own life. So number five, not only can we rob God of all those other things, we can rob God of his flattery. And obviously I use the word flattery to keep the F's going, finances, uh, fellowship, friendship, fellowship, and we can, uh, we can rob him of flattery. He deserves our praise. So when he does something, the Bible says, praise him for it. Uh, and if we don't, we're robbing him of that. Uh, you know, again, when, when your kids are little, you know, you hear them out there, you know, my daddy can beat your daddy up, or my daddy can this, my daddy that, and you know, you're like, whoa, yeah. All right. You like it. All right? And, you know, your, your wife asks you to, uh, you know, open a can of pickles or a jar of pickles, and you're like, I mean, you're wanting to. You might roll that sleeve up there, you know, so she can, so she can see it, get a hold of that pickle jar. Oh, yeah. So, oh, my husband's so strong. You like it? All right? And the Bible says God likes it. It, it says in there that he likes to show up and show his arm mighty. Uh, God wants you to think he's a strong God. He's the best God ever. He can beat up any other God. He wants that. And if we don't talk like that, we're robbing him of flattery. And then when you're praying and you're praying and you're praying and you're praying, you put it on the prayer list, you ask other people, and God answers it, he likes for you to tell everybody. Praise the Lord, he answered my prayer. He, he healed my aunt or he did this or he caused this to happen. Praise him. Don't rob him of flattery. He deserves it. Uh, most of us, we can't flatter God because we like to flatter ourselves. Right? I, and my wife quotes this verse to me all the time. Let another man praise thee and not thine own lips. A stranger, or not thine own mouth. A stranger, not thine own lips. But you should have seen it. That softball went flying over Reed's head. All right? But I didn't tell her that. I let him tell her that. That's another man's mouth. That was my plan, right? Because she's always quoting that verse. But we like flattery. And whose image are we created in? God's. He likes it. But if we, and do it at work. They can talk about all that other wacky stuff that's been shoved down our throat today. We can talk about God. All right. We might not can witness to them there at work. We might not can preach a sermon, but we can say, just like they can say, man, we had a blast this weekend. I can't remember anything we did, but we had a blast. We had a blast this weekend. We went to church, and God spoke to my heart, and God is awesome. God takes care of my needs. God supplies everything that I need, and he is an awesome God. We can flatter God. If we're not, we're robbing him. Psalm 44, 8, in God we boast. All the day long. 
and praise thy name forever. Selah. So in God we boast. Uh, we ought to just talk about God all the time. He, we're robbing him of flattery if we're not. Here's one. Psalm 57, 7. My heart is fixed, O God. My heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise. Uh, I want to let him know. And I, I could stop right here and just tell you story after story after story how he's taking care of stuff. He saved me. He gave me that lady wherever she is for a wife. He gave me some awesome kids. He gave me some awesome daughter-in-laws that can cook. Right? He's given me some great grandkids, and uh, little Jay caught his first fish with a little bit of assistance from Papa and a little bit of assistance from Dad. He was videoing things like that. If you want to see it, I'll show it to you after service. But anyway, <laughs> praise God for salvation. Praise God for a wonderful wife. Praise God for a wonderful family. Praise God for our church. I mean, I can just keep on going. I'm going. I don't want to rob him of flattery. He is awesome. Psalm 150, verse 6, let everything that hath breath, that's me, all right, praise the Lord, praise ye the Lord. We ought not rob God of flattery. Number six, we can rob God of his fringe benefits. We can rob God of his fringe benefits. There's some fringe benefits uh, of being too married to my wife. She'll kill me for this, but she can kiss good. Right? It's awesome to be married to her. But when she came home from Spain the other day, right there in the airport, I got me some sugar. That was a fringe benefit. Because she's usually like smacking me. Whap, whap, not in public, not in public. Whap, whap, whap. All right. But it's been 10 days. Got me some sugar. That's a fringe benefit. And she can cook really, really good. Better even both my daughter-in-laws. <laughs> all right? That's a fringe benefit. And there's all kinds of fringe benefit. But God has some serious fringe benefits. And he wants to give them to you. But when we live in a certain way where the Bible says principally he can't give them to us, we're robbing him of that pleasure. A parent, the Bible says, loves to give good gifts. On Christmas, you'd love to see your kids ripping those things, open those eyes like that. And we've even got some tears over the years because we lied really good. You can lie at Christmas time. It's all right, right? Birthdays and Christmas, you can lie. I didn't get you anything. All right? But anyway, uh, we, we like those fringe benefits. But then there's sometimes, you know, the parent wanted to do something for your kid. You know, I'm going to take you to the zoo today and leave you. Uh, no, uh, I'm going to take you to the zoo today. I'm going to do this. And then they get in a big squabble, and you're like, all right, trip's over. Now, some of you do that on purpose because you didn't really want to go anyway. <laughs> but, you know, some of the, you, you wanted your kid to enjoy that and have that experience, but then they did something wrong, and you use it as a punishment. We're not going today because, you know, you put your sister in a dryer again. And uh, <laughs> I've told you, I've told you. All right? So you, you, you keep that benefit back. But you really wanted them to have it. God's sitting there with all these fringe benefits he wants to dump on you and give you. But if you live contrary to the word of God, he can't. He says he can't. He can't bless. And God's sitting there, well, I don't get the privilege today to give them this. And you're robbing God of that opportunity. Luke eleven thirteen. 13. 
If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father, which is in heaven, give good things to those that ask him? He wants to give them to you. He wants to. And you're robbing him of that joy. He wants to bless you. Well, I had some blessing, but I can't give it to you today. The Bible says he likes to smile on us and give favor to us. He wants, the Bible says he, want, he likes to even reward us down here. Right? But he's like, I had all this to give to you, but I can't reward you. But then the Bible says in heaven, at the judgment seat of Christ, he wants to reward us. Some of us might get to heaven and still be robbing God. I had all these rewards to give you so you could cast them at Jesus' feet, but I, I can't because you robbed me of this honor. So it's up to you to live in a way where you can receive those fringe benefits. And in conclusion, number seven, we can rob God of his finances and his fellowship and his friendship and his fellowship and the fringe benefits, but we also can rob God of his forgiveness. Rob God of his forgiveness. It's there for everybody. But even here at our church, a great church, I've seen people come in and God wanted to give them forgiveness. And they turned around and left and robbed him of that opportunity. And their heart was probably pounding out of their chest because that Holy Spirit was convicting them and drawing them. And they turned around and God was like, oh, here I, I got it right here. I gave my son. He died and paid for the sins of the world. And I have forgiveness to give it. And you're robbing me of the joy of giving it to you. So today, if you're here and you've never been saved, you might be robbing God of all these other things, but this one's the most important. Because he gave his son. I mean, he put everything he had into this to get you forgiveness and to give it to you, and you're robbing him of the pleasure. And there's a lot of stuff out there, the devil, false religion, the world influence, and even our flesh. But John 10, 1 says this, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door of the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way is the same as a thief and a robber. I am the door, in verse 9, I am the door, Jesus says, and by me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. So don't rob God of forgiveness that he has for you. If you're here today and you do not know for 100% sure you're going to heaven, we're going to give you an opportunity. And I hope that I portrayed it well enough that you agree with me. We can rob God of a lot more than just money. We can rob him of joy. We can rob him of the fringe benefits. But most of all, we can rob him of that forgiveness he wants to give us. It says, if any man enter in, he's got to be saved. And so you might not even know what saved means. But if you'll come down front in a minute, somebody will take a Bible and show you exactly what saved means. And you won't rob God of that available forgiveness he wants to give you. Every head bowed, every eye closed.